previously on Dangerous Christian. Hello, Grace. Yes, this is a horrible storm. Odd how storms raging outside only serve to remind me of what that feeling is inside. Yes, I got the report. It's cancer, and there's a lot of it. I came to the church because I had tons of questions. Life has so many mixed messages, you know. Mom, do you think Dad will be home tonight? Oh, it's hard to say, sweetie. You know how it is when there's disasters on the streets. Bill's on call with the live news team tonight. The question everybody in the listening area has this morning is about the storms that raged through the area last evening. Main Street was hit hard last night with five tornadoes and heavy winds. I cannot in good conscience stand idly by and watch while countless citizens lose their jobs and businesses in a single night. I pledge to you there will be no lost jobs. I mean, I think it's great he wants to help, but is it just me or is he bleeding pride? My name is Daniel Christian. I am a follower of Christ. The news handoff didn't go through, and the scene on the street still aired on the TV screen. The camera angle from the street scene zoomed out and pans to show some people who are not there to watch the local news event, but to work, and work hard. A portable trailer had no sign, but the workers have shirts that read in large letters, Cleanup Crew, BaptistRelief.org. But what about the human interest angle? These people... We're not here to report on the crowd. The disaster is the story. We cover the news that we're paid to cover. The news that Ferris Day Industries tells us to report on. If you want to have a job in the morning, I won't report you. How's that? I grabbed the smartphone that was also the most important thing I owned. I called it Sword. It would have been easy to overlook the little girl. The brown-skinned, brown-haired child couldn't be more than six years old. All she saw was the blur of the heavy black purse as it crashed into her face, then a whirl of sky and the grill of a bus that seemed to be right over her. In the next moment, the girl was looking up into the friendly eyes of the stranger. That stranger was me. Where is Miss Hawkins? It looks like we may be here for a little while. Maybe we should introduce ourselves. I'm Natasha Hawkins. Your name is Nikki? That's what my friends call me. Or do I just call you Big Scary Guy on an Elevator? My name is Mick. The elevator is out of service. Hello! Can you hear me? We're stuck in here. Why are you here to see the relief department? I'm the head of a team who gives relief to those in disaster areas. Miss Hawkins! have the reports on the relief projects, right? The only report I want to hear about is how in the world that so-called relief van of those religious extremists got in my city. Lucius Ferris wants the team gone. I want that team gone. Follow up on it. I will, and if it hasn't been taken care of, I'll send that contractor request you advised. Why, thank you, Mrs. Timkins. Good job with those press releases. That and the matter of that memo. Memo? The envelope slid under the door, freezing me motionless. The link you're looking for. And now, Dangerous Christian.
Stepping off the bus, I took another look at the address that I had so mysteriously received. Getting my bearings, I set out to walk the last few blocks. The exercise would do me good. I weighed the recent events in my mind. What's the deal with Lucius Ferris? To hear him tell it, he's going to take on the forces of nature single-handedly in this cleanup after the recent storms. Who is taking on nature? I was thinking out loud again. You do that a lot. If I didn't, how would you learn anything? I grinned as I said it. I think I probably learned more from S.W.O.R.D. than S.W.O.R.D. did from me. I would have found that odd if it wasn't for the fact that her operating system was God's own word. How could I not learn from God's word? That's easy. I would simply... Whoa, hold on there. That was a rhetorical question. No need for you to get all literal on me. But I appreciate the initiative. Continuing my thoughts and sharing them on purpose this time, I continued. It's more than just an attempt to be a one-man cleanup crew. The fact that the disasters are being called an act of God, Ferris makes it sound like God himself has it in for the people who were struck. God causes it to rain on the just and the unjust. When you give to the needy, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. True enough, he's so busy laying out money to get people back in their feet that they'll believe any old lie and fall for his bragging. Everybody loves Lucius, but nobody is asking the important question. This matter of the disaster is unfortunate, but he's using the timing of it to cover up his real scheme. What are you driving at, Dan? If I knew what he was up to, this would be a lot easier. He's a master of controlling people. They think they're getting what they want, but the more they buy into the success that Lucius sells, the more they fall for his control. They have gone astray by abandoning the straight path. You could put it that way, but most were never on it to begin with. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you. Hey, you aren't talking about me, are you? Of course not. I was talking to you, not about you. I'm glad you know the distinction. You are approaching your destination. Wow, look at all the police activity. A gut-wrenching thought hit me. You don't suppose they're at the address we are heading for, do you? Destination in 53 yards. That looks like it might be the place. I didn't hear any sirens on our walk. Let's hope the dust is settled enough for us to get to the door and see if our friend Lucius is behind this. My name is Dan Christian. I was a child of the 80s. MacGyver was my hero. That is, until I met Jesus Christ. Healthsley Podcast Network, in conjunction with Lion's Den Audiobook and Drama Podcast, presents... Dangerous Christian. Starring Michael Prince and Tiffany Lott. With John Warren. Episode 3 Entering the Crossfire.
Approaching a police officer who was relaxing near his cruiser, I asked, What's all the excitement, officer? There's nothing to see here. I hope everything is okay. I was just on my way to visit my friend, Janelle. Janelle Washington? She's the one. I would have phoned her, but I don't have her latest number in my contacts. I continued, hoping the connection would sound like we were good friends, and not that Janelle's name only came to me as a tip-off just the day before. Is she okay? She isn't hurt or anything, is she? I'm not at liberty to say, but I can tell you that she is doing as well as can be expected, given the circumstances. I guess you won't be able to tell me what happened? I asked, but expecting the flow of information would be over for now. It was, since at the moment a news van pulled alongside the curb with the mobile news team setting up their shot. I watched on as the police did their best to keep the reporters at a safe distance. Are we ready? All set. Go for it. Anytime you're ready. Carol Connor for Action News 6 on the scene of the brutal shooting of a 10-year-old girl. Excuse me, officer. Officer, what can you tell me about the shooting? No comment. Was the shooting related to drugs? No comment. Is there any relation to gang activity? No comment. How long will it be before the police can put an end to savage killings in the city? The camera zoomed in for a close shot of the now defensive officer, tensing up to maintain his self-control, but the redness flushing his face betrayed his barely contained anger. Sticking to his training, all he could do was stand there and repeat the standard answer. No comment. With a sensational news story in the can, police breathe a sigh of relief as the news crew began packing their gear to head to the next scene of scandal or inhumanity. As they did, though, I had gone unseen and stood within easy earshot. The idle chatter of the camera crew reached me as they spoke in hushed tones, packing the cables of the audio and video equipment. Hey, did you hear what happened to Bill? I haven't talked with him today. I haven't seen him since the morning meeting. Yeah. <laughs> And you didn't see him there, either. That backstabber. If he got that cheesecake location job, he knew I was in line to go on it. Settle down, Denny. Settle down, man. Don't have a cow. You still have the job. You didn't see Bill because Connor got him fired. She can't do that. The union wouldn't stand for letting talent control the engineering department. <laughs> this goes deeper than a labor dispute. Seems Bill crossed the line when he insisted on getting a shot of that relief trailer yeah, in that mess downtown. So what? Isn't that what we're here for? Getting pictures of Ferris in action as he sweeps the streets clean? That's right. That trailer wasn't one from Ferris Day Industries. It was, uh, it was some of those religious wackos. I didn't know there was anybody who could respond faster than Ferris Day. And Bill was trying to get a shot of it? That's right. Connor may be a prima donna, but it serves him right. Huh? Bill should have known. Nobody crosses Lucius Ferris and gets away with it. <laughs> you know it. 
especially if they work for one of his companies. After the news team left, racing off to the next scene of disaster and human tragedy, I was left standing at the police car. It looks like you're having a pretty tough day. That reporter was pretty obnoxious. I've had them be worse. This can't be one of your good days either. Your friend just lost her daughter today. I need to level with you about that. I actually only know Janelle by name. I was just coming here to try to see how she's connected to a mutual friend. What mutual friend would that be? That's one of the things I want to ask her. I received a note with her contact information on it, but I don't know who wrote me the note. That sounds mysterious. You don't have any clues who it was? Or why they sent you to Miss Washington? Only that it could involve Ferris Day Industries and the Relief Project. I don't see how someone like Janelle is connected to Ferris Day. Would you mind going with me to talk to her? Come on. The officer began walking to the door of the house. I want to touch base with her before I go. Wait, you mean she's inside? She didn't ride in the ambulance with her daughter? I was shocked, to say the least. Her daughter has to be examined by the coroner first. Then she can handle any funeral arrangements. Standard procedure for these kind of violent crimes. The two of us approached the door, and a voice came seemingly out of nowhere. They sat with him on the ground seven days and seven nights, and no one spoke a word to him, for they saw that his suffering was very great. The voice was Sword, my digital assistant, and the passage was Job 2.13. What was that? It was just a notification from my phone. Sword was much more than a phone. In fact, being a phone was only of minor importance on this device I had created. I designed the artificial intelligence engine to monitor my environment and offer advice based on the situation. Sometimes the timing of the advice could be awkward and confusing to me. This time, however, I knew just what Sword intended. This was no time for words or questions for the grieving mother. Janelle seemed to see us for the first time. What do you want? I thought the cops had all the information they needed. I'm not here to ask you anything. Is it okay if we come in and sit with you? We'll only stay as long as you want us to. Janelle didn't indicate whether to sit down or go away. As the cop stood on the front step, I stood wordlessly for what seemed to be a length of those seven days and nights that Sword just mentioned. I know you don't know me, Janelle. I came to talk to you about a mutual friend. This isn't the time for it, but when you feel like it, I'd like for you to call me. Silence filled the room again. If you don't mind, I'll write down my number and where you can find me. I looked for a notepad or something to write on. Janelle only nodded her head. Just leave it over there, next to the phone. In the corner of the room was a small table with an old-school landline phone. I found a notepad full of notes, phone messages, numbers, and doodles. As I jotted down this contact info, something else caught my eye. Slipping sword out of my pocket, I snapped a quick image of what I saw, then turned to leave. Janelle, I really would appreciate hearing back from you. I want to be able to help you through your time of grieving. I hope you don't mind that I call you later, just to see how you are or bring you something for dinner. I should be okay. I don't need anything. I know, but you never know what you might overlook or forget about. That said, the officer and I said our goodbyes and left Janelle alone once more. Walking to the patrol car together, the police officer asked, 
Do you need a lift? I didn't see you drive up in a car earlier. I could use a ride. I gave him the address to the church I was heading to next. That would definitely be a long walk. I'm going off duty, so I can drop you off there on my way back to the station. Thanks. I bet it'll be good to get away from a hard day of crime fighting. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called sons of God. What was that? Was that something about God or something? It was. Deceit is in the heart of those who devise evil, but counselors of peace have joy. Is that a smartphone? You could say that. I don't know much about that blessed stuff or joy, but deceit in the heart of evil? Pretty much sums it up. Can I ask you a question? Why did you get into being a cop? We pursue the things which make for peace and the building up of one another. Does that thing have a setting for spilling out Bible verses? And is it a fortune teller or something? It pretty much nailed it for me. I wanted to protect and serve, you know, like the motto says. I'm sure it can't be all peace and uplifting all the time. <sighs> no. There are days that make you feel like a whipping boy, when all you're trying to do is enforce the law and keep people safe. But he was pierced through for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The chastening for our well-being fell upon him, and by his scourging we are healed. How does that thing do that? It's hard to explain. I looked at the officer's name tag and continued. Did we properly introduce ourselves, Sergeant Howard? I'm Dan. What? How did you know my name? Your badge. Oh yeah, your scripture quoting machine there was beginning to make me think you were a little psychic or something. No, nothing like that. Do you know anything about Weber contracting? Are you looking to build something? No, I was curious about their business ventures. What kind of construction do they do? They are probably the biggest construction outfit around. Rumor has it they are tied to the mob. But if they are, they're pretty good at keeping it off the radar. What kind of jobs do they handle? I mean, is it all big? Corporate stuff? Or do they handle pest control? Uh, not likely. If they did, it might be something they would subcontract for a client. Hmm, that might explain it then. Explain what? I saw a work order on Janelle's telephone table. It was from Weber, for an extermination job. Well, maybe she had mice. But why would she have Weber do it? There are plenty of pest control companies around who would be cheaper for her. I don't know yet, but it's not the first work order I've seen for the same kind of job that Weber was behind. Do you know if Janelle would have a connection to Weber? I wonder if she works there, or if she might have a friend or relative who could help her mouse problem. Now that I don't know, my friend, but... You have arrived at your destination. Thirty feet to your right. How does that thing do that? GPS. Thanks for the ride. I'll probably be here for a little while. If you get your paperwork done and you want to stop by later, we could hang out if you wouldn't mind. No guarantees, but you never know. A friend of mine goes to church here. Ask for Bill and tell him Howard sent you. I quietly let myself into the church building. There were plenty of people here, but I didn't see any sign of the work crew or the vans that I now knew were the relief team that Mick was connected to. Taking a seat and blending into the scene, I gave thought to how this day has gone and waiting for Mick or Bill to make an appearance. I was barely aware of the conversation near me. 
a group of church ladies were talking when they put finishing touches on cleaning up in the kitchen. I still can't believe it. Why doesn't the school do something about that? Boys can be so mean. All he was trying to do was share his faith. Bless his heart. Well, that's what they say at school. I don't know if Ray believes or not. We're supposed to talk to the pastor later about that. He is so excited about Jesus when he's in Sunday school class. That Ray can be such a handful. But even when you think he's being rowdy and not listening, why, that boy just absorbs the gospel like a dry sponge. I'm so glad you could come out today, Sheila. I was worried you might need more rest. Well, the guys were out at our place to get those branches cleared out. You can't believe the mess. They had just about got finished when the radio call came in to bring them back. There were still other houses that were hit worse than ours. They barely got back in town, too. My word, yes. They had the meal all set to be served and were about to call the teams in and serve the neighborhood anyway. But if they didn't get the kitchen tore down and bring the food inside to our kitchen, well, I just don't want to think about what might have happened. Poor Mr. Bryant. Those gangsters drove up and shouted all those obscenities. I haven't heard such language since Wallace was in the Navy, and I had to meet him on the dock when his ship would come into port. What was it that they were saying? They called us haters and religious extremists and bigots, and they just rode by in that little car and used such hateful and evil language. Poor Mr. Bryant. The teams were all gone by that time, and the only thing on the street was his camper. You know, that big RV he keeps next to his driveway? They must have thought it was the relief trailer. They shot it all to bits. I'm so glad nobody was hurt. My stars. As for the mystery of the seven stars that you saw in my right hand, and the seven golden lampstands, the seven stars are the angels of the seven churches, and the seven lampstands are the seven churches. Oh. A squeak of surprise was heard, but it was hard to tell which of the ladies had let it out. What was that? Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. I just came by to see if Mick was still here. I'd also be interested to talk to Bill if he's around. Which Bill do you mean? Thompson, Mackenzie, Blair? Don't forget Bill Zook and and that Abernathy boy. Hold on. I didn't know it was a requirement for church membership to be named Bill. If it'll help, he told me to say that Howard sent me. Sheila's eyes widened in recognition and Janet chimed in. Howard? I wonder if that's Howard Goodnight. Didn't he used to own the hardware store? Over on... The ladies went on trying to figure out who Howard might be when Sheila asked. It wouldn't be police officer Howard, would it? That's the man. Does that make any sense of which Bill I came to meet? Bill Johnson is my husband. How do you know Officer Howard? Are you a cop too? No, we just met today. He thought Bill could help me find out some information. This doesn't have anything to do with the crime scene then? Or solving a case? I assured her it didn't, and watched the fear and tension slowly leave her face. Is that what Bill does? Work with the police in some way? He used to. Sheila was finally settling down after a barely concealed emotional display. And it bothers you that he did? That's part of it. He works for Channel 6 News, which isn't much of a step up, since he still works on a crime beat. He's always drawn to the dangerous jobs, and... Her words were left hanging as the sounds of running footsteps thundered through the church. Raymond, is that the right way to behave indoors? You know better. The only answer was the speeding body of her son coming to a complete stop in a tight hug after hurling himself to his mom and nearly bowling over a couple of the ladies. 
Well, who is this storm on two feet? Raymond? My dad was lucky. He got to go out and take pictures of the wrecked houses and cars Raymond. Sheila's earlier fear had turned to motherly embarrassment at her rude son. Those damaged houses represent people who don't have a home to live in anymore. How would you like it if your house was one of those, and you didn't have a dry, warm place to live? Her point was made as Ray's face fell and he stared at the spot on the floor. Sorry, Mom. So your dad works as a reporter for Channel 6 News? The spark flushed back in Ray's eyes as he answered. He's a cameraman, and he used to take pictures and movies of accidents and crime and stuff like that. I have a big brother, but he missed the tornadoes. He's away at college, and the storm didn't make it out there. And my sister, Alligator, she thinks she's big, but she's not. Whoa, slow down, partner. You have a sister named Alligator? Raymond, please. That was all Sheila got out when the boy took off for the door. Sheila explained further. Her name is Alice, but it's just what he calls her to irritate her. Kids can be... Dad! What are you doing here? Can I come watch you with the camera? Ray pounced to greet Bill Johnson as he entered with a teenage girl by his side. His face told a story of bad news. Bill? Sheila started to say more, but Bill motioned her over to him. The family stood apart from the other church members. I have some good news and some bad news. The bad news is the news station let me go this morning. The good news is that I already have a job lined up. What? You lost your job? What about medical benefits? You know how badly we need them right now. I know. That's why I went back to the police. Tell me you didn't. You know how much I hate that job. Sheila looked like she might slide to the floor on her trembling legs. Sheila, they know my work. I have seniority there. We can still get you the care you need from the doctors. But it's so dangerous. Besides, Ferris Day Industries was taking care of you well enough. Lucius Ferris was even beginning to show some personal interest in you. He might have really launched your career higher. I don't want to get into details, but in a roundabout way, he's actually the one behind getting you fired. It was then that Bill noticed me for the first time. Are you Dan? I ran into a guy named Mick, and he seemed to think you could help. I don't know. It depends on what you need help doing. I'm mainly curious about the storms and helping people get back on their feet. Let's just say there have been some strange things with Ferris Day Industries. Mick gave me your address, and I stopped by, but I wasn't sure if you would be in. I didn't want to bother you, so I slipped a note under your door. Did you get it? That was you? Seeing that note slip under my door almost gave me a heart attack. Sorry. I didn't know you'd be in your room. I didn't have time just then. We had stores around town to cover. I thought the connection might be a lead for you. Can you stop talking, shop? Sheila threw a suspicious glance my way. I thought you said you weren't a cop. I'm not. Just a concerned citizen. You two could probably use some personal time. I'll just step outside, Bill. We can talk about this when you're ready. Alice was telling me the school will be shut down for a little while. Bill embraced his wife and continued. I thought we could take some time to get away 
and visit Chad at school. Now, tell me what you found out from the doctor today. Outside, I stood on the front steps and watched the kids play in the churchyard. Alice stood under a tree while Ray raced through the yard. No, that's not how you do it. And no, I'm not going to play. Come on, Allie. Truth or dare? I dare you to... Hmm. I dare you to let me have your phone. No. And that's not the way to play that game. Teach me then. No way. Besides, that's not a dare. You're supposed to... Allie paused to roll her eyes. She couldn't believe her bratty brother had learned a game like truth or dare. I'm supposed to what? Tell me. Ray saw that he had a toehold on his sister's attitude. A dare is when you try to get the other person to do something. And a truth is asking a question. And they have to tell the truth. I dare you to... Stop it. That's not how you play the game. And besides, I'm not playing, and your dares are so lame. I dare you to climb this tree and shout as loud as you can. If you say, I love you, I'm going to punch you so hard. If I say what? I let. Oh, no. You're not going to trick me into saying it. Okay, then climb this tree. I will not. Okay, then. I will. The words were still in the air as Ray leapt to the lowest branch, scurried up the tree, and began shouting, King Kong! King Kong! Ray, get down from that tree right now and stop shouting. King Kong! King Kong! <laughs> Ray began to laugh at himself, proud of his accomplishment and the frustration that he was giving to Alligator. She really loved him. He knew it. She just stopped admitting it to herself when she became a teenager, whatever that was. Is he always like this? Though it wasn't my intended response, my voice seemed to make Allie nearly jump out of her skin. Stifling the scream, Allie finally noticed the man who spoke the words. Who? I pointed up the tree. King Kong Jr. up there. Ray? <laughs> yeah, he's usually pretty hyper. The startled Allie regained her senses. I meant you. Who are you? Just call me Dan. I came to check on the relief team. Are you one of them? No, I heard there was some trouble and I came out to see if everybody made it through okay. The only trouble I know about is that they were robbing people instead of helping them. What? Where did you hear that from? It's all over the news. Ferris Day Industries sent a whole army of relief teams to clean up after the storm. But those religious nuts took advantage of the disaster to come in and steal from people. How do you know that? Did you see them? How bad was the storm in your neighborhood? Thankfully, the storm didn't touch our house, but the whole block was pretty torn up. I'm glad those religious robbers didn't get near our house. You keep calling them thieves. I hope you aren't getting all your information from the news reports. Doesn't your dad work for the news station? Yeah. Or at least he did until... But 
He has other things on his mind with mom and her condition. Just then, a shout came across the lawn. Hey! It was Bill calling for the kids to come over. Are you guys ready to go home? Mom says the house is okay. I don't know about you, but after my day, all I want is to stretch out and relax. I waved as my newly made friends drove away. The Johnsons were going through a lot at the moment. Turmoil from a possibly fatal disease, a lost job, and mixed feelings over the new faith that Sheila and Ray have embraced. Allie sure seemed to have a chip on her shoulder, but as I stood and wondered if it might just be teenage emotions, I heard a vehicle slowly roll up the street. It's people like you who give us a bad name. The voice boomed like a foghorn. I spun on my heels to face off with Mick, who thundered with laughter at the scare he just put through his friend. <laughs> Dude, you should see the look on your face. Mick, I thought you guys would have been long gone by now. This is what I do, man. Someone needed help, so I stopped to assist. I'm about to pack up and move again. I never did get to talk much with you after the mess at the building, so you're a fellow believer, I take it. Absolutely. Wait, you too? Without a doubt. Now get your butt out of here before you're spotted. I got your number and you have mine. Wait, before I go... Mick told me he was concerned about one family who was in a bad neighborhood. There were drug dealers and gang activity way too close to young kids. I promised to check on it. Now it's my turn to hold you up. I found this while trying to offer some comfort to someone. I pulled up the image I shot earlier while at Janelle's house. What do you think of it? It's an invoice. Take a closer look. Don't you think it's strange that a major contractor for concrete would do a job in pest control? Uh, pest control, no love traps, extermination only. Weber. Phone 666-BERRY-B-U-R-Y. Mick looked up from the image. Do you know the address where the work for this invoice is located? I nodded as Mick said. It's right here, man. Right where my guys were parked this morning. Now it was my turn to say, Dude, you should see the look on your face. But instead of laughter, I locked eyes with the giant of a man and said, Mick, get out of town for a bit. I think there could be more attempts from these guys if you stay around. Weber? No, maybe somebody even bigger. Oh. I heard those same words after you left the Ferris Day building. My guys are gone. I sent them home. I just stayed around to see more of that girl from Ferris Day's office, Nikki. You don't think she... I'm sure she isn't involved in sending that memo, if that's what you mean. But I don't know how much she knows about it. Just be careful of who sees you with her. You've been listening to Dangerous Christian. Dan was played by Michael Prince. Sword was Tiffany Lott. John Warren played Mick. Opening and closing theme, Wayfaring Stranger, produced and performed by John Warren. Opening preview music provided by SoundJ.com. Additional voices provided by CJ, Julie Westlake Suter, Jimmy David Robbins, Keith Heltsley, Emily Cole, Crystal Robbins, Mike Lynch, Gregory French, Lillian Rachel, Sue Eisenman, 
Melinda Prince, and Karen Heimdall. All other voices provided by the cast. I'm your announcer, Nathan Caldwell. You have been listening to Dangerous Christian, Episode 3, written by Keith Heltsley and Nathan Caldwell, produced by Nathan Caldwell. This has been an original work, and thus protected by copyright. For more podcast goodness, check out the Life Truth Network at life-truth.com.